Welcome to InsideCatholicPhilly.com, where we explore the Catholic faith as it's experienced in church and in everyday life. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with our editor, Matt Gambino. And along with our guests, we discuss the Catholic take on everything from sacraments and Sunday Mass to social media and sports, based on CatholicPhilly.com's award-winning news and commentary. Thanks so much for spending a few moments with us here at CatholicPhilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian. Our editor, Matt Gambino, is on assignment, but he joins us in spirit. Well, every May, we celebrate Older Americans Month, and it's a time to honor and learn from those who are farther along on life's journey. Our seniors' insights and wisdom enrich us, and in this podcast, we'll hear from one Philadelphia woman whose resilience in the face of a near-fatal experience with COVID, along with the faith that has sustained her throughout her life, are truly inspiring. Carolyn Troxell is a parishioner at Stella Maris in South Philadelphia and a retired mental health professional. And I say retired in quotes because not even a pandemic has stopped Carolyn from sharing her gifts with the world, as you'll hear in our recent conversation. Let's take a listen. Carolyn, tell me a little bit about your life before COVID. What did you do in your work with those who have mental health challenges? Well, I was a uh, what they call a recovery specialist, uh, which means I, I work with their diseases, their disorders, and actually educate them as to what their disease is and set goals for them so that they have charge of their life. They can move forward. And, and I don't like to sound too fresh, but I was good at it. They really responded to me. I took them on the bus for the first time in their lives. Many had been in Penhurst, and when Penhurst was closed, were just set out into the community. So I worked to, to give them a better life, to have them join the, the regular, what you would call the regular people. That's incredible. So you've really been in your life committed to empowering people and to affirming their human dignity. Yes, and I was told by one of the members who hadn't spoken and was was rather obnoxious at times. I played some music from the 50s because I'm a rock and roll baby, you know, and I played some music. I played uh, Chubby Checker and Elvis Presley. I played the music at a group one time and he came up to me afterwards and he said, thank you for giving me my life back. And I questioned him. I said, what do you mean by giving you your life back? He said, when you played that music, it took me back. I remembered my mother. I remembered the street where I lived. I remembered going to work. So, I mean, basically, that's what I enjoyed doing. And I got a lot of satisfaction out of it. Tell me about when COVID hit. When did you start feeling sick? Walk me through that experience. Well, actually, the interesting part is I didn't feel sick at all. I had no symptoms. Uh, you know, I just went upon my day, do my chores, do my gardening, walk the, you know, to the grocery store. And my, a friend of mine took me to the grocery store. I had no symptoms at all. The only thing looking back at it, uh, and it's very unusual uh, symptom, if you would call it that, was I got pins and needles in my hands and feet. And they 
now call that fizzing. I think that's the term they use, but not many people get that particular symptom, if you would call it a symptom. But I have a problem with my back, so I thought, well, I just pinched a nerve or something. Uh, that's the only symptom I had because the day I, uh, and I, and I jokingly say my lights went out, you know, my, I just forgot everything. I did my normal chores. I changed my prayer calendars. I said my prayers. I said my cat. I did everything I was supposed to do. And then I just fell. I just went out. I just, my lights just went out. And I don't remember a thing. And my neighbor, who's a sweetheart, she said to me that I said to her, it took me a while to crawl to the phone to call you. And I don't remember that at all. Do not remember that at all. So it was bizarre. It's almost like your whole, your whole mind shuts off, but your body can still function somehow. That part is very bizarre. And that's why when I was taken to the hospital for the first time, the doctors had no clue what was wrong. Because periodically, I will, even though I was totally out of it, periodically, I would interact with them verbally in perfect, you know, perfect English, perfect tone. But then I would go out again. So they were confused. They had no clue what it was. But I do have to say, and I'm proud of it, that when I was in Methodist Hospital on the COVID ward, I did hear people being brought in through the night and they would say, stroke. So I, I, I feel blessed that I was the first one to have it because I apparently was the strongest of them. And my illness led to know, have other people know what they were. Uh, diagnosed with, if that makes sense. So you were one of the first people in the Philadelphia area who was diagnosed with COVID. Yes, and a bizarre form. It took them a while to to figure out the neurological uh, neurological component, the neurological form of it. I didn't have, as far as I know, I did not have a respirator. I didn't have any trouble breathing. I was just out of it. I, I was just out of it. How long were you out of it for? Over three weeks. And what do you remember of that time, if anything? Uh, well, oddly enough, I remember being very peaceful, being very peaceful and being very calm and not at all upset or nervous or worried. It was, it was almost like a state where it's so beautiful. It was very peaceful. I had... My relatives, my friends said, oh, well, you were a fighter. You were really fighting. No, I was not. Miss Gina, I was not. I, I, I didn't fight. I didn't fight. I just put whatever was happening in Almighty God's hands, and I thought, well, it is what it is, but I'm okay, you know? I do remember one point praying out loud and having somebody say, what are you praying for? And I, and I just responded, because it helps. I do remember thinking of my ex-husband. <laughs> I said, oh, are you here to take me with you? I'm not going. I have too much to do. And when I woke up in Methodist Hospital, I opened my eyes, and I looked around, and I said, oh, I'm in the hospital, Don't not remembering anything. 
What did you feel when you realized I went from crawling to the phone to waking up in the hospital? Uh, Actually, very peaceful and grateful. It was almost as if, well, I guess it's not my time yet, but I keep saying I do have things to do. I am pursuing my master's in uh, clinical counseling psychology, and I have all my courses. The only thing I have left is practicum and internship. Now, whether I complete it or not is in others' hands, but I do plan on trying at least, you know, and I do like to work with older people because, well, I'm one of them. You know, and I can, I can, I have music from the 40s. I have music from the 30s. Of course, I have rock and roll. And that, that helps people just touch something within them, that there's a little spark there that may have been blown out over the years. And it helps them remember something, you know, so that's what I want to do. How old are you now? I'm 79. And you're getting your master's soon. You give me hope because I just finished a second master's, but I, I don't have my Ph.D. And I'm thinking before I die, dear Lord, I want that Ph.D. So thank you for inspiring me. <laughs> oh, you'll get it. Because I don't, I don't think I went back to school until I was in my 40s or 50s. I still say I go to LaSalle, even though I haven't been in class for a while. But I wouldn't go any, anywhere else. That's just been a lifeline to me over the years. That's incredible. Now, a lot of people would say, oh, my goodness, at your age, why put yourself through it? I just want to put my feet up on the beach. What would you say to people who think that's the picture of older ages in the United States, of getting old in the U.S.? Well, for some people, I think maybe that is what they picture. Maybe that's what they saw. Maybe that's what they saw with their parents or their grandparents. But if there's a spark inside of them, if they like to watch the news, even if they like to sit on the beach and watch the seagulls, you're, you're, you're watching animal behavior. So you still have a spark that you want some knowledge. Uh, you know, I would just say still in, invest in some good books or some good TV programs that would help you move on and keep your mind alive. Always questioning and, and finding the answer. I believe there are a lot of older people who just are allowed to sit around, but that was never the way I did it. You know, when I was working, if I saw somebody sitting in a corner not doing anything, I found something for them to do. I had a group every week called In the News. I'd take newspapers in and I, you know, I would say, just because you're not allowed out on the streets and you're stuck in the house all day doesn't mean that you don't have an idea of what's going on in the world or an opinion. And I had a woman's group, and that was really a rowdy kind of a group. But women have topics that they want to talk about. You know, so I know the picture that we have of of older adults is just sitting in a corner or sitting staring at TV or napping all day, but that's not the way it's supposed to be. I do believe with encouragement, you know, and it's not pushing, but encouragement, like let's have a little tea party this afternoon, invite one of your neighbors in, which I think is a great thing. You know, your children are at work, your grandchildren are at work, but your neighbor has the same situation. So why not have a little tea party someday and I'll go get her and I'll bring her to your house and we can sit here and have tea or I'll go in the living room and you ladies can talk. I think other people have to get in there and encourage more activity, if that makes sense. 
what has your faith meant to you in your experience of COVID and just throughout your life, you know, past, present, and future? What does faith mean to you? It's got me through, let's put it that way. One of one of the questions I used to ask in a group, and I've been asked myself, was, you know, when you when you die, who is the first one you want to see? And I always said Jesus. Because from the time I was a little kid, in fact, a baby, I do believe, I, I believed in Jesus as a brother, as a, as a friend. So anytime I had my back against the wall, it was always Jesus that I thought of and always Jesus that I looked towards, you know, as, as a supreme being, but also as a human being who went through all the trouble. And one of the things I say is, can you imagine when he went home to see his mother and he had his buddies with him? Can you imagine what the neighbors said about him? And yet he loved them. And, you know, and Mary fed them and then they wandered off again. But, you know, Jesus went through a lot on earth that we're not privy to. And, And Christ has always been important to me. The Stations of the Cross... I say them almost every night, even though it's not Lent anymore, and the rosary, you know, and the prayer to St. Andrew at Christmas time. It's always been special. And I think Sister Bartholomew Marie, who was my eighth grade teacher at St. Columba at 24th and Lehigh, instilled in us a great belief. Uh, And that, that helped a lot as I became a teenager. So... I would die for my faith. I always thought that was stupid when I was a kid. Well, why did the martyrs, why would they die for it? Doesn't make sense to me. But as I got older, I thought, oh, yeah, I would die for my faith. Absolutely. And that's what got me through because I wasn't fighting anything. And and anybody knows me knows I am a fighter to a certain degree. But in this particular thing, Miss Gina, I was not fighting I just, for some reason, I just thought it's in God's hands and whatever's happening is happening and that's it, you know? And when I woke up, which was like an instant wake up, and I looked around, I said, thank you, Jesus. That was like, that was it. And then I thought, what in the name of God happened to me? Carolyn Truxell, thank you so much for sharing your experiences as an older American, as a brave fighter, and a a woman of faith who placed herself in the hands of God during one of the darkest hours of her life. We thank you for sharing your story. Well, thank you for the work that you're doing. Hopefully, it will encourage people to just hang in there and put our faith in Almighty God, because God's always there for us. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Gina. Thank you so much. So you've heard our thoughts. What about yours? Reach out to us and let us know. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Catholic Philly or visit us online at CatholicPhilly.com. Thanks so much to Matt Gambino, the editor of CatholicPhilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian. And until next time, may God bless and keep you. This podcast has been a production of CatholicPhilly.com. Music by Dustin Taylor Phillips. For more information, visit us online at CatholicPhilly.com.